Welcome to See Me After Class. This is a podcast by two New Zealand secondary school teachers based in the Southern Alps of New Zealand. We operate out of classrooms that look out over the most stunning mountain ranges in the bottom of the South Island. And it's my pleasure to introduce Renee Plunkett, who is a fourth year English teacher. And sitting here with me is Chris War, a teacher with 17 years under his belt from both overseas and here in New Zealand. And Renee, apart from being a teacher, is also an avid gardener. And Chris also enjoys triathlon. This podcast is about the day-to-day realities and joys and sometimes horrors of our teaching experience in the classroom. So we invite you to listen in and we invite you to give us feedback on what you hear. This is... See me after class. And welcome along to episode 21 of See Me After Class. It's term three and week two. And this week, Renee, we had parent interviews. Chris, we did. And I mean, it was, it was an, it's always an experience having the parents in front of you with their child. So in light of the fact that we're speaking to their parents, we also um, spent some time collecting some of the students' thoughts around parent-teacher interviews, and here they are. So Tess and Alexa have finished um, preparing for their presentation that they're about to give in English, so I thought I'd grab them to ask about parent-teacher interviews, and both of you came to interviews last night with your mums, um, and I wanted to know, how A, how did it go, and B, did you find out anything useful for yourself? Um, I think interviews were are like useful as well as like not useful because you know you like you are seeing your teacher every day and you like are talking to her and you're always like seeing what we're gonna do next but like I guess it is useful to see how your parents how like your parents can talk to your teacher and be like oh yeah this is what they're doing in class and these are her grades and like reassurance I guess yep. yeah yeah cool Tess yeah I think what well, I liked my interview it was good um, I think it is quite useful just because then your parents can also see what you're learning about if like you know they don't know and they like know where you're standing at and like if you have to try harder but like if you like don't really like interviews I don't think there's much of like a like you have to have to go because I don't think it really changed anything for me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Do you ever feel nervous sitting in that? Like I know sometimes it's, you guys sit in like that middle chair right over, and you've got your parents on either side. And do you ever feel nervous like sitting there worried about what your teachers may be going to say? Yeah. Like for me, that was science because like my grades weren't the best, and I was sitting there, and she was like, "So you got a not achieved in science?" And I was like. Right, and Mum was like, right, and I was like, cool. <laughs> like I was Where do like, we go from here? yeah, and I was like, oh god, but like it was fine because like she just talked me through it, and like it was only a practice one, so at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter too much, but like it's so like scary sitting there, and you're like, what is she gonna say? Yeah, 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 yeah same. Well, my maths teacher, she was like thought that I was like another person, so when she was talking about my mum, she was like, yeah, she did really well with her MCAT, even though I failed it, and stuff like that, and she was like, yeah. It was good because she had to do it a week earlier than everyone else because she went away on a holiday, but she did really well. So I really get nervous. I kind of just find it funny because me and mum laugh about it at the yeah. end. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you say that she mixed you up for another yeah. person. I um, sometimes find at the start of the year I really have to be really careful about yeah. what, what I've got in front of, who I've got in front of me because it's all new. But hopefully by this time of the year I'm not mixing anybody up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any last thoughts? Anything that you want to add about parent-teacher interviews? 
No, it's good. Yeah, overall pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah positive experience. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's yeah. what I'd expect with you too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks so much, girls. So I'm sitting here with Isla and Whitney, who are two of my Year 11 students. And girls, you didn't go to parent-teach interviews last night. And I don't. Do you have a Do you have an interview booked for next week? No. No, Isla. Why don't you have an interview booked for next week I or just, last night? I just don't see a point in going to the interviews because, like, I'm. I'm not doing terribly in English, so there's really no point. Just going and sitting there and saying that just keep doing what you're doing is just a waste of time. Cool. Are you going for any of your other subjects? No, I don't think so. Cool. Whitney, what about you? Um, well, I don't like going because the teachers ask awkward questions that they really already know the answer to. And then my mum asks awkward questions that she expects me to answer in depth and I don't know the answer to it. Everybody always looks a little bit nervous when they sit down for that first like start of the interview and I always kind of try to put them at ease by saying you look nervous is it what you know what's on your mind and it never works does that ever work for either you? No. I just think I'm scared that my mum's gonna say something embarrassing about me. Yeah and if I come home from one lesson and I'm complaining I'm scared that my mum will bring it up at the interview when really it was just me overreacting so yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts, girls, and keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> so, in my opinion, I think with some of the teachers we have, it's like a good chance for our parents to like get an understanding of where we are and, and what we're up to and stuff, but I feel like majority of it, like they say the same thing every single time, and it's kind of a waste of time, in my opinion, but you know, each to their own, I guess. <laughs> If they were to be of use to you, what would they have in them? Um, it would kind of give my parents more of an understanding of where I am at with my school and a chance for them to like get to meet my teachers and know more. Do you trust your teachers to say appropriate and relevant things during the parent interviews? Most of them. Not all of them. Cool. <laughs> My mum just said, forgot to ask, which teachers do I book for for parent interviews? And I thought I'd go away with it, and now I have to go, so that's my job. So which teachers are you going to choose? Um, probably just English and bio, because those are the important ones, and everyone else just says the same stuff every time. Yeah, see? Yeah, no, because, like, I know they've got stuff to say about me. That, like, I got in trouble yesterday, but they'll say, like, she's very social, she's yeah. tracking along well. They like I believe teeth personality <laughs> in the class, and she's doing fine, and all that stuff, and then... And um, my mum gets stoked with me until I get in trouble again. So. Mum says they say the same thing about me and Angus, but we're two completely different <coughs> people, and I know he does Angus nothing. Gets in and he gets in trouble, and I don't. <laughs> and mum's like, well, this is something wrong here. Mm. So. Right. She doesn't get the two of you mixed up ever? Well, I hope not. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I think parents and students get different things out of the interview as a student. Um, I think it's a good way to talk to a teacher outside of class and outside of like normal school hours where it's just a sit down with you and them and you can pull them up on things with your parents backing as like people, teachers a lot of the school and authority can make you feel down if you pull them up whereas when it's you, your parents who back you, uh, they can't like get out of it. Yeah, and then I think parents find it useful just to see where their child's at.
Well, as often is the case, it seems that the uh, kids' opinions are about as diverse as ours, which is always quite re- quite refreshing. I know we were thinking we'd ask parents as well, and um, it did occur to us that we'd speak to the parents during the parent interviews and ask if they'd make a comment to record, but yeah, was. that was completely <laughs> unrealistic because even though we've done... <laughs> Even though we've done it for years, the actual reality of parent interviews is mm. worth just examining for a second. We In our school, we have two sessions over a period of two weeks. They're an after school or roughly after school time. You teach your school day, so you have your four or five lessons, and then you get about a 15-minute break, and then you have parents to speak to on seven-minute mm. intervals for four to five hours. And so... <laughs> You go from one group of parents to the next group of parents to the next group of parents. They can come from any class or level that you teach. There's no break between those. So you one leaves, the next one sits down, and you're, you, yeah, you're you going that whole time. I know. And so one of the things that absolutely does happen is mm. it's absolutely exhausting. It's like some kind of bizarre... I don't know, psychedelic really speed is, dating yeah. experience. And um, <laughs> so... Yeah, you sit at your little desk inside this massive gym hall with the noise is other quite teachers. unbelievable <laughs> as well. I always, find, I don't know if you find this, Chris, but I really struggle to hear yeah. in the gym when it's like that. There, it's just I find I have to con- I'm concentrating for the entire time because I'm just trying to hear what the people across the table are saying from me. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely try and run them in a way that makes them a valuable experience Mm. and I try and think about what parents and kids might want to get from them but I also find that there's a sort of a routine that I struggle against Mm. that's that routine where the parents and the kids come down sit down in front of you and they just kind of go so how are they Mm. going and I think well we just did write you a whole lot of reports we write to you all the time telling you what's going on in the classroom their blog which publishes all the work that work they produce whether it's verbal or presented is all there for you to see you know about as much about how they're going as yeah. I do. <laughs> and so actually actually I don't know what I can yeah. add to that so what in order to prevent that from happening because I do kind of prob- my chagrin probably does show is I start by saying um, let's start this by um, looking at the program for the year and maybe you could give some input ah. so I kind of put it back on them and ask them to sort of give their view on how things are going and I ask the parents to speak and the students mm. to speak the student the parents almost inevitably yes. defer to the yeah. student um, which which I'm good with I'm happy for the student to have the primary role mm. in the conversation but it does remind me of something that also does fill me with chagrin and that's the fact that the parents don't actually know what's going on. They don't take the time to read their kids' work. They <laughs> don't really probably even read the emails I send them about yeah. what's going on in the classroom. And so they come to the they come to the parent interview. And remember, I'm speaking to maybe forty sets mm. of parents and they're speaking to maybe six teachers um they don't really come with any sort of sense of what's mm. going on they, and, and 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 to be honest in the parent interviews we just had i saw no evidence that they'd read the reports yes. either i mean I, I, one thing i might do if i was a parent coming to those perhaps is at least bring the yeah, report exactly. <laughs> i don't know it yeah. seems like a logical it thing it kind to of do. does doesn't it and i think i mean it's interesting this time around um the reporting that uh, the report format that we had at school also had a, a, a box where we could indicate to parents if we wanted to see them at parent teacher interviews or if they were welcome to come but it wasn't really necessary yeah I think, Chris, I think I ticked maybe 
six, seven, eight boxes that I, I, I requested an interview with a family and a student. Um, I have yet to see any of those people book an interview with me. Yeah. And so I have yeah. got families coming in. I'm just watching my partner, Ivan, walk out the door with his <laughs> morning coffee and, a, and his keep cup. And he's got his headphones on. He's off for his morning oh my gosh. walk. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just find that so adorable. <laughs> Um. <laughs> it's pretty cool, isn't it? Sorry, but no, do carry on. Right. The, so we've the, sometimes there are parents that we would yes, like to have absolutely. a conversation with, and on our report system, there's a, a box you can tick to yes, say, like, "Please come to parent yeah. interviews." And yes, I I think I ticked maybe four yeah. of yeah, those out of the exactly. whatever it is, hundred and thirty kids. I yeah, think. and so we've got. I mean, I, this is what I find anyway. I've got these parents and, and this student sitting in front of me, and actually they're tracking just fine. That that. Uh, wonderful in class most of the time um and they're just doing what they need to do and it's it they're, they're fine and so the parents sit down and they say to me oh you know what what do I need to know or anything like that and I say oh well what would you like to know has become my question um right. just to kind of put it back or I direct either to the student as well but I didn't think about um the mentioning the course and then asking for their input that's also quite a good way of directing it back across to them as well I think if we reframe what we think parent interviews are for but both you and I finished the night tired and happy yes like we did that they they turn out to be a positive experience but I think that the reframing is important I think the perception that we're there to report on the child is a bad mm, idea mm-hmm. it's a bad framing of what we're doing mm. I think if we consider them to be much more of an exercise in um, sort of re-establishing or developing the collaborative yep. job of working with that student and showing the student that they have family and teachers who are interested in them yep. and who put them at the center of their interests and who care about their progress in the subject that we teach yeah. I mean one of the other things is that you and I as English teachers do have interview after interview yeah, after interview whereas I look around I look around the gym <laughs> and I mean there are a lot of teachers who maybe have six or seven interviews yeah. and we might have 40 yeah. so I, I think we are possibly talking about our subject of English and the, and the degree to which people take that seriously but um, on that basis I think that's why we enjoy the experience mm. because you know our work is being taken seriously mm. people are going to the trouble of coming to talk to us about yeah, it yeah and I do find and, sorry just to add to no, what you're saying on. Um, I shouldn't even be saying sorry. I should just go. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do find quite often that, that I, like this time around, just thinking about things. Uh, parents are really grateful for what it is that we are doing for their child a lot of the time, and I did get a lot of um, thank yous, and I did I felt that from parents this time around in particular. Um, mm. And so yeah, you're you're quite right when you say they take our subject really seriously, and they are just I think interested to kind of come and see who we are as well there's that element of it they want to just look like they're making that connection and trying to establish something there um yeah I couldn't agree more about that I, I actually think that's essential if yeah. I'm I'm not a parent so I, I can't speak for that side of things but I would definitely suggest that it would make sense that you'd want to check out who that person yeah. is who's presenting all this quite radical <laughs> material to the child and just kind of get get a look at them and check and, and sort of size them up yeah, a little exactly. bit and I, I feel like that's a totally legitimate reason to come to a parent interviews mm. uh, I just think that like I'd like to talk about alternatives to it a little mm. bit because I, I think that it's there I think we've done a lot of work to try and engage with families and parents 
and the kind of wider community as teachers. And I think sometimes we do feel quite crestfallen at the lack of engagement yes. from parents yep. um, in those efforts we make. I, uh, of course, those things are all coming from our world. They're not particularly taking an interest in what they care about. They're, they're the things that we care yes. about, and we're trying to get them to take an interest in that. And that means that we're often engaging with them on the basis of curriculum development and content and all that sort of, you know, sort of individual student progress I, I think possibly there's a bit missing there where we don't ask enough questions about what does matter to mm. parents and or we um, aren't providing the, the kind of information and forms that they find accessible. Yeah. But And I do think there's probably a bit of a thing where parents don't necessarily always, has, always have a positive disposition towards teachers. No. And so anything they receive from us could be cons- could be received with a measure of hostility Mm. and 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 um and you know and our school doesn't always get everything right well actually it seems to me that sometimes that our school often gets things wrong (laughs) when it comes to communication with a wider community and so um that again you know that those are conditions that are are really our fault Mm. But I also, you, you helped me on this. My whānau had a breakfast mm. this week, a kind of welcome back to the term breakfast that we try and have. Oh, God, I love those kids. But this time I tried to invite the parents. And so I said to the kids, you know, could your parents come? And they all groaned, of course. <laughs> and then I said, stop groaning. I'm asking again. I'm saying, I don't even know who your parents yeah. are. Could I meet them? Would you mind bringing them to breakfast? And immediately well, I kind of framed it as an let's, I'm not asking you to be thrilled to have breakfast and whānau with your family. I'm asking you to facilitate a, a moment of connection and they uh, they were really up for it. They're very happy to bring their families along and the families who could come, I mean, it's a stupid time to invite parents into school because at 8.30 in the morning, most parents have got plenty of... <laughs> Plenty of other things that are, that, that, that are non-negotiable that they have to be doing. Mm. But the um, but the ones that were able to come came and it was just the nicest thing. And it, again, it, was, it facilitated a level of communication mm. between us. And moreover, and this doesn't happen so much at parent interviews, between them, mm. that I thought was a really good starting point for something more worthwhile. Yes. I, I, I think the thing we don't do when we do everything school to parent is we don't acknowledge the fact that actually – families probably would gain more from contact with each other mm. than they would from content with us and if contact with us and if we could kind of facilitate experiences where they were where, where there was a, de- a deliberately manufactured means of them getting into discussion with each other which which takes me on to my my town meeting yes. idea which I have I have implemented in another situation before but I thought it would be worth us just presenting it in this podcast and that is just say where you have these regular meetings of parents, maybe the parents of a class, the parents of a subject, or the parents of a group of uh, a year level, in a town meeting form, mm. structure it around a bit of social, have a little bit of uh, students presenting a bit of work that they've done, so it's a celebratory material, and then also have a, a kind of a, a, a focus group type discussion where parents get to sit around tables or in groups and just talk through some of the things that come up for them as being of concern or of interest and, and just give us a bit of a point of view and also but again explicitly do it in such a way as you're facilitating mm. them meeting each other and communicating I can see real value in that and I can see us getting information and advice and engagement from that that we're not getting through just having these sort of one-to-one as I called them before speed dating (laughs) style meetings which I think have because of their format have quite a limited application yeah yeah 
so I think there are better ways of doing it. But of course, these things take a lot of time and that's always the thing that's at a premium. Mm. Yeah, I. you talked about your town meeting idea yesterday and it, um, yeah, it's been rolling over in my mind a little bit. I really, I'd love to see how it would go because it's not a format that I've ever been exposed to um, either at, during my time at high school or in any of my um, teaching placements or here at Mac. So I just, I feel like, I feel like there's... I don't think anyone else does yeah. it. It's, it's like our students choosing their teachers yeah, thing that we do. So I think some of the stuff we do, no one else ever does. does. Mm. <laughs> it's just it's just outside of the culture of education. Yeah, yeah. but no, I think... Um, I, I mean, Chris, I came into your classroom on um, yesterday, mo- yesterday morning when you were having that breakfast, and I have to say, just the whole atmosphere in there was so lovely. Like, it was just so... Um, you could just feel that everybody was kind of just having a nice time, talking with each other. Your parents were there, and they were, you know, some of them were helping out, and some of them were chatting to different students. And it was a really nice atmosphere. And one of my Fano students um, said to me afterwards, "We need to do something like that, Miss. I think that I think that was just so nice." Um, so I think. Yeah. I think it was too, and I'm glad that they think the idea is a good one. I think it, I think it is a good mm, one, I I, I, and it's nice that the kids are actually starting to see that as a positive yeah, thing. Yeah. I have. To, can we? Can you just tell me about tell can, tell everyone about was, Scarlet though? Because honestly, I was looking for honestly, an opening for this. Yeah, I was. I was waiting for it to come up, and here it is. Yeah. I uh, so uh, I have a, a girl in my whanau who. Um, she she and I started at Mac at the same time. She came into year seven while when in my first year of teaching. So it's been a nice little journey of growth for the two of us. She um just went above and beyond for you yesterday, Chris. She Oh she did she, ever? she did. And um so Chris asked for the waffle maker to to use in Fano breakfast and I said to him, Oh, it's not my waffle maker, it's Scarlett's waffle maker from my Fano class. And he said, Oh, Okay, and I could see that you know you possibly wanted me to ask her that if she if you could borrow her waffle maker, so I did, and she was so um, so okay with that. She was like, "Yeah, totally, I can bring that in, and he can use it, and it'll be great." She woke up on Friday morning and couldn't find the waffle maker at home, <sighs> so she sends these this massive text message around all of her friends to try and find a waffle maker for you. Finds a waffle maker, manages to get it brought to school, brings it up to Farno, and yeah, away she went. So she just um, really didn't want to let you down. I, I mean, I feel extremely guilty about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's absolutely terrible that she had to go that much trouble. I think she's amazing. She is. But I definitely, like if anyone wants to send us uh, any suggestions as to what I should do for Scarlett <laughs> to say thank you for this, because honestly, it's just... <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. So basically, basically, my Fano breakfast with my families was facilitated <laughs> by a student in your Fano who provided the equipment for our waffle making. <laughs> I do have to say though, uh, and she brought this up um, as well. I think you were there actually, Chris. She she does really appreciate the things that you do because she's not in your class this year for English or anything. She's actually in mine, no. but. Um, she really appreciates the things that you do for her outside of the classroom, you know, with the running right. group and things. And so this was kind of her her opening to show that as well. Um, and yeah. so, it's again, it's just another reminder of actually those things that we put our time into outside of our classroom 
they do matter to our kids real like a great deal and they they want to show their appreciation for it sometimes so i think this was yes nice that's right hear. and it is and even though as you know you can tell that i'm feeling bad <laughs> at the same time i do get that i i so think that that's an important role for adults to play with young yeah. people which is to which is to take a role in this case a role where i had had a need that she could meet and and allow them to to function mm. as with that level of agency yeah. like do something for someone else mm. like in order to get that experience of feeling good about doing something for someone else which of course you and I have talked about extensively that we yes. get from the work we do um we sort of have to provide uh, an opportunity for students to step in and be that person themselves yeah, and if we can do it in ways that don't create stress or anxiety for them then it, it can be really positive mm. like it's great to to be a person who needs help yeah, exactly. and I, I mean I know that I mean in, in reality I know that just by very nature of the kind of person I am I can be quite helpless at times and I think students do quite like the <laughs> fact that they have to step in yes. <laughs> you know, so they start to get to know what I'm useless at and they and just kind of fill that gap yeah exactly and that, I think that's um that it, it's a, it can be a really healthy thing yeah. I agree yeah absolutely so it's, while we're sort of talking about stuff, and you mentioned it just momentarily recently, um, just earlier in the podcast, we've you and I have been talking about you know you, uh, speaking and uh, dominant discourses mm. and the and the, the the confidence that we might have to speak in a, a forum or over the top or disagree with someone, and and I thought it would be worth sharing to the listeners that we've been trying to work on the interactions that we yes. have in such a way as I, I need to learn what so many men do need to learn about stopping and listening. Mm. And your converse learning is something to do with valuing your own yes. point of view enough to not sort of feel you need to apologize when you want to express a differing point of view. Yeah. Do you want to, do, yeah. do you, do you want to it, talk about your perspective on I that? I totally can. Um, I'm just going to let my cat out. She's making a whole <clears throat> lot of noise and it's doing my head in she wants to go out for the day later. this is a very saturday morning <laughs> it is isn't it podcast experience isn't it oh. <laughs> is we've got partners walking out the door with coffee and cats yeah. needing to be let outside um so, oh and i've lit the fire too oh, i tell you what so I. I, I mean i know I, that fire features quite a lot in this podcast <laughs> but it's because it's it's the center of my life in the winter i think Oh, it just brings so much joy. I like every though. bit of it. Like, I like chopping the wood, and I just like everything about it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, sorry, just to, I'll just get back on track. I, it's something I guess that I never, I haven't ever spent much time thinking about until I guess that I guess I met you, Chris. Um, and you definitely encouraged me to use my voice, but I definitely have to take my opportunities when you're speaking or when we're speaking. Because you can speak a lot. Um, and no, so learning yeah. that, um, because I quite often internalize things in my head rather than saying them out loud, learning that actually those thoughts uh, have a place and have some value and I can express them and I should express them um, to sort of strengthen them and, uh, you know, hear somebody else's thoughts on my own thoughts. That's been a bit of a, it's been, it's, it still is a, a learning experience for me as a young woman. Um, yeah, I I think there's something quite kind of troubling about the idea that I might say it's really important that your voice is heard mm, and mm -hmm. then in my behavior 
carry on talking. <laughs> Does that yeah, make sense? I, like yeah. I think also, I think we are getting better. Or well, I, I think at both, at, on, in both our respective um, learning journeys, I'm getting better. Not fantastic yet, but I am getting better at pushing forward and just kind of when I've got something coming to mind, saying it rather than just waiting for a natural gap to rise. Um, but I also because that's not because it doesn't happen, happen, with me, happen with me, is it? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason that, oh no, Jean is leading the tally at the moment, isn't she, with the school bell? That's mm, right. I was about to yeah. pull that one out, but it's incorrect. Um, it, but also, um, oh gosh, I've lost my train of thought now. Who was I going with? That? Oh, well, we'll talk about that tally. Um, Renee, <laughs> Gina, and I, the, our three colleagues, uh, spend a bit of time together in our breaks where you just <laughs> tend to gravitate towards each other yeah, every we, time there's a free moment. It's like magnets. We, end up, us- we usually end up in Gina's classroom because it's the warmest, as in too hot. Way too and hot. So she, it's, the, it's the only one she wants to spend <laughs> any time in. And, 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 and there's, her room has the bell on the inside oh and it's gosh. so loud, it's almost, it makes your ears bleed. Yeah. So at the end of each of the breaks, a bell and and um for a while it appeared that every time the bell went it interrupted me which we all know what that suggests so we started a tally and uh now it's a competition i i don't want to win this competition i don't want to be the one who's always interrupted by the bell i'm secretly quite happy when i'm the one interrupted by the bell yeah, and I hate it. And so, I mean, all of this just says everything. Like, I, I, you know, you're saying you're making some progress and I feel like I'm making incremental progress too. Yep. I must admit, when I remember to just shut up and listen, <laughs> I'm always really happy with myself. Like, oh, it, it feels good. Yep. It's not something that I, it's not something I have to kind of, it's not something I resentfully do. Mm. I just have to con- be more conscious and it, it amazes me how unconscious I've become and how Mm. natural it is for me to just keep talking I think it's important to note that this is not something that um like this is not something that Chris just does with me like it's not (laughs) this is not just something where he just talks over me um and I have we have to learn about our dynamic it's actually just about our both of us in any conversation just you know trying to Develop, me trying to develop my confidence a little bit with my ideas and you just remembering that sometimes other people have things to say too so it's not it's not a, it's, it's not just an us thing yeah but it is a confidence thing mm. as, and an ego thing I mean obviously the ego drives me thinking I mean for some re- I mean not for some reason we've even created a podcast to do this <laughs> we have um uh, I, I mean I have a, a whole lot that I want to say and I keep trying to find ways to mm. say it and I think I mean there there are some virtues to that but not in not when it silences other people's points of view mm. and uh, I think that's ego you know projecting myself into the world and wanting to be listened to Mm. but I also think there's um just that that when you say confidence it's quite interesting I mean I always think that the thing that I'm saying is worth listening to like I don't question myself about that and probably should like I'm (laughs) willing to but it's not natural right and I you know the amount and and at the same time here we are producing a podcast where essentially it's a conversation between Mm. us a lot of the time and we're if we carry on with the norms that we're familiar with, we're actually socially reinforcing the same yes. norms in the ears of everyone listening. And I think, I, I don't mind about you, dear listener. I'm sure you're quite capable of making your own choices about whether you speak or not. But 
I do think about the students who yep. it, it occurs to us of uh, uh, increasingly listening oh, to this podcast and, and and how we model our interactions as adults in their ears. It gives me an extra reason to want to take care over mm. this and and be quite conscious about it because I do think that it will be important to model this correctly for them mm. and not reinforce everything that we're actually trying to work against. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, and it's, it definitely is at the forefront of my mind. Even just yesterday I had um, people saying to me, this was office staff um, saying that, oh, we've been listening to your podcast and it sounds so great, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I need. Yes, it, it does sound great from from my perspective. But I also it just reminds me. Oh, people are listening. Yes, I've got to take that chance to say things like, um, it's mm. it's in the forefront of my mind whenever we sit down to do this, and it's starting to be in the forefront of my mind a little bit more, just kind of everywhere. Um, yeah. So it's great. It's good. It's a good thing for me. Like it's a. I, I'm finding it a positive experience. So I think a, a kind of a late 40s man and a mid-20s <laughs> woman trying to work this out, mm. it's, a, it's actually quite a worthwhile thing. It's, a, it's quite a decent project, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... Because um, actually I was thinking we, we sometimes do remind ourselves of this, is that if I had kids, then they would probably be about your age. And yep. I am the age of your You're parents. You're the age of my and parents. So it, <laughs> Yeah, and and our working relationship doesn't it doesn't observe those uh, generational differences, no. but those generational differences differences may sit behind some of the ways that you might tend to defer to mm. me, and the ways that I might tend to uh, and to, to assert myself. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, I often I often think about this a little bit, and I often think to myself, oh, it's. It's kind of an experience thing, and actually, yeah, there's part of that there. And I do, as I've said to you before, Chris, learn so much from you. But um, I'm not going to keep learning if I don't step forward and really test my own thoughts as well against yours. But True. so often they're but quite also, similar. Yeah, our thoughts might be similar, and we do influence each other. But I'd just like to turn that into the converse and say. Uh, if I don't listen to what you have to say, then I also don't learn mm. anything. Mm-hmm. This it shouldn't just be none of this it's should just be an way. exercise in us reaffirming our own ideas. No. Like not always. No. Um, yeah, and and I was also thinking about the um, uh, like one of the things we're wanting to try and achieve with this podcast is to make it real, mm. and so that means that I think I guess exposing this this meta discourse that we're having is probably a good way of helping people to I mean we could ask the audience I can ask you guys to to evaluate what you yeah. think do you listen and find it frustrating when um I, I sort of silence Renee's speech through my avid desire to express my own points of view notice how I'm framing yes. it positively yes. and, uh, <laughs> and um or do you find it natural or have you never thought about it and now that you are thinking about it, what are you noticing do you, on reflection? What do you see? Yeah. It'd be, yeah, it'd be definitely. And then you know, what gender are you, and what difference does that make to your perception mm. of what we, what what's going on here? Yeah, definitely. Would love to hear. I'd love to hear that. Something I think I I think my last point on this yes. would be to say that I forget that I am, you know, essentially if I'm 48. I, I forget that a white 48 year old man in our society tends to be listened to by default mm. and I don't fra- I don't f- 
perceive myself that way I, I just perceive myself as another voice in the conversation yeah. and so I often take and I have to do this with the students all the time I have to remind myself that as soon as I say something it comes with a whole lot of gravitas mm. because of the way that I'm socially positioned yeah. and that means that I have to be a little bit cautious about throwaway comments or mm. unthought through or underdeveloped ideas because they're going to consider those things to be quite concrete mm. just because of the voice that's saying them mm. or the position of authority that I might hold in relation to them and so that that's also something that I, I still have to work yeah. on because I forget I, I forget that I'm not the same yeah you know? yeah definitely I actually I've got a little story Chris that I haven't really talked to you about but I'm just thinking it's just coming to mind now given where the conversation's going um I my dad was down this week just he was down for business and he stays in the house when he's down for that and it's really nice we get to chat and that's lovely he said to me on Thursday night, whatever night it was that we were going, no, Wednesday night, that he wanted to go out for dinner um, with some of the people who were down for the conference he was attending, and I said, oh, yeah, that's fine, we can do that. Well, I walk into this dinner, and it's all men um, <laughs> who are of the same age as my dad, sort of in that mid-50s area, and they all work in the same industries, and they're all reasonably, you know, they're at the end, coming towards the the sort of pinnacle of their careers and yes you nearly said end I did there. I, well, I caught myself I caught myself and then you remembered who you were talking to <laughs> I remembered that this generation's all one and the same um anyway yeah. I didn't say it I caught myself yeah. um yeah. I, I I was we were having a drink and that was fine and then they announced that we were going to go through to the restaurant and sit down for dinner and that was lovely and I spotted a group of students or they spotted me actually um and they said, oh, hi. And I stopped just to say hello. And that was fine. I go in. And in my, my dad is typical for this, particularly when he's with my mother and they're at a business thing. He'd sat down one end of the table and he didn't save me a seat. <laughs> and I thought to myself, mm. it was just this moment where I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to sit with a group of older men who I don't know, who I don't know what they're going to think of the high school young teacher. Um, but actually, I really felt like, I held my own quite well in all the conversations that were happening around me. Even though they weren't exactly my forte, it was very much farming and agricultural um, orientated. But Dad said to me at the end of the night, you really know how to, like, you know, just talk with anyone, don't you? And I thought, yeah, actually, I did tonight. So it was a positive experience in the end, but I did have that moment of, like, <gasps> they're all men. And it was, I don't know if, I don't know if, I don't know what to think of myself for thinking that, but it did go through my mind. Well, I think it's, first of all, I'd say it's natural. It's quite interesting because if I reflect on that, I'd, I'd, my anxiety in that situation, which I would also have, would be to do with my sexuality, yes. like this kind of um, imposter gay man amongst what it would be, what I would consider to be quite a heterosexual yep, environment definitely. and potentially a hostile one. And, um, but, and, I, and I do wonder, I think hearing your story, I, I identify with your story, I think, and, and I think that what you say you did is, is what I find myself doing. Mm. I, kind of, I kind of perform yes. a role in the conversation. I take a position and, I, and, I, and, I, and, and we use probably skills that we develop in the classroom to yeah. develop, maintain conversations and to, you know, and, and actually they're very useful skills in a social setting. They are. But I actually find it really exhausting oh. as well. Like, I don't, I don't know if I always enjoy it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I did. I was, I was knackered by the end of it. But um, yeah. I'm also quite proud of myself in a way. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's good. It's nice to have. It's nice to know you got those skills. Yeah, it is. I, I definitely think as as a human being, my teaching life has brought a lot to me mm. in terms of functional capacities, interpersonal skills that I have had to develop to do well in my job that actually are really quite good to have in life. Mm. I, I also think you know this this. Uh, self self reflection which is such a big part of teaching the teaching profession is is critically reflecting on your own uh engage actions mm. in the classroom uh, it spills over into life mm. and I, and I'm happy about yeah. that I, I like to I like to think consciously about each situation yeah, but it does sound good interestingly though knowing you as I do I had no fear for you in that situation <laughs> when you told the story like I'm confident that you would have handled that and been a delight to be with mm. during that time I actually had a you'd really have been ge- generous and interested and they would have been highly impressed in you and you'd have done a good job for our profession as well you know and, and, and a representation of of the kind of integrity and capacity of teachers I think that's wonderful I'm glad oh, you were there thank you it was nice the conversation did turn a little bit to teaching and you know mm. these these are guys and they would have views on of, that of course <laughs> Um, yeah. And these are all, and I, and you know, I said I'm an English teacher, and blah blah blah, and they all kind of, you could see them almost wince because then the story started yeah. coming out about how, oh, I failed my high school cert for English, and oh, I got fifty one percent or whatever, and you know, this this was not a bunch of um, of people that uh, enjoyed the subject at high school. It's very very no. different now, which was what I was trying to explain to them, but also, yeah, that, not different for everyone, no. but they do wear those things as kind of badges oh my of honour, don't they? they? Either. But it was interesting, yeah. you know, we started talking about what we were doing at the moment. A couple of them were, well, no, actually most of them were really interested just to hear what was happening in, in my classroom. And I said, mm. we're working on, um, you know, speaking and just, you know, being confident and, and effective speakers when we're delivering information to a group. And they said, oh, that is just one of the best skills that we look, f- like one of the skills we look for when we're employing people. And I just thought to myself, I have to relay mm. this conversation to my kids because you know yeah they're reinforcing what I'm telling my students so it was just it was nice it was really nice actually I really enjoyed myself I think that loops back to what we were saying earlier also wouldn't it be great to get the kids in contact with those mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. yeah it would be absolutely yeah it would be actually It'd be interesting to see how we could, I could contrive I that we could pull that <laughs> off to be honest yeah, yeah, it could be very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Possibly, I mean, because they're all men, possibly particularly useful for the boys yeah. who struggle. But who knows? Mm. If That's if you have any boys that struggle. I can't think of any off the top of my head, uh, except for me. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm just, now I'm, you've got me, I've, got, I've yeah. gone internal now, I'm thinking. Um, yeah. I, do, I think we could pull that off. A lot of them live around yeah. here, so let's, yeah, well, let's, let's give work it a go. on it. Anyway. I think I think we've kind of um, I think we're speaking out. of ears bleeding. Yeah. If we still have anyone Surely. still listening, I think that, that, that probably I've probably had enough now. So should we make put it into this? Think so yeah, I think so. I've All got right. to head over the hill. I'm picking up my husband today. So ah, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Not that it's sort of nice. Yeah. I'm sure you've got quite used to being you know solo. For you do, a while. and it's always that first week when he's home. I'm always I just have to readjust, and I've said this to you before, to just mm. like speaking to somebody else in my home and having to decide with someone else what we're going to have for dinner and if I want to go and do something I actually have to articulate that rather than just you know living in my own little world 
but um yeah I, I totally know what you're talking about <laughs> I have to I'm gonna I, I think I've told you this before but the, the, the Ivan and I will sometimes and I, when I say sometimes I mean often find ourselves wandering around the house both with our big fat noise cancelling <laughs> headphones on in our own worlds in the same room as each other oh. and in order to get each other's attention we either have to make big gestures or text each other <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Well, it's not just this generation that ticks across the room then, is it? <laughs> Definitely not. But I also think, I, I, I mean, oh, God, I could talk forever. I just, I'll say there's one okay. thing. I, one I more mean one thing. Um, <laughs> That, that I do definitely, because of these social demands of teaching and because perhaps I consider myself to be an introverted mm. type, I must say often at the end of the day, the companionship of Ivan being present is wonderful, but I don't necessarily want more social engagement. So <laughs> I yeah, find that yeah. too. I think it's a natural, um, it's just a natural byproduct of being a teacher. We're talking and interacting all day and we want to come home and just, you know, just be. Yeah, that's mm. right. Because, I mean, that's what that's what we're spending our Saturday morning doing right now, isn't it? Just being. Just being. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great week, Greg. I will. I'll see you on Monday. Yeah, say hi to Will. I will. Bye. Bye. This was an episode of See Me After Class with Renee and Chris. My Twitter handle is at edutronic underscore net. And mine is at Renee Plunkett too. See you next week. <laughs>